Let's read from 3 John, verse 1 to verse 15. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I've written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who, uh, who want to and puts him out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. And I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends each by name. As he does in Second John, the apostle introduces himself here again as the elder. And we have examined this in Second John, that the term elder may be best seen to refer to the age of the apostle. Now, John would qualify as a church elder and, and functioned in some ways in this capacity, but generally speaking, the apostles identified them themselves as apostles in their letters. And, and John doesn't seem to speak about his role here at all. So he speaks simply of himself as a, an elder gentleman. And so for our purposes here, we're going to identify the author as John the Apostle in his senior years. The letter is written to a man by the name of Gaius. To the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, John says. Now, Gaius was a fairly common name in the New Testament, so the identity of this man is, is somewhat unclear. But notice that John tells him that he loved him in truth. That's to say, he loves him with all sincerity, and John does not hesitate to speak of his love for others. Clearly, the love of God was in John, and he demonstrates that to his fellow believers. Well, what do we learn here about Gaius in this letter? Well, John tells us first that he walks with the Lord and had a healthy spiritual life. 
We read this in verse 2 where it says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Now notice how John prays for the physical health of Gaius. While we're not told clearly here, the fact that John prays for his health is an indication that something may be wrong. Now while we may have been while he may have suffered physically, it's very clear here that he prospers spiritually. And John prays that his physical health would be as good as his physical health. And so despite his physical ailment or the possibility of a physical ailment, Gaius continues to grow spiritually in his walk with the Lord. Notice second, John tells us that Gaius walked in the truth. Verse 3, For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. Brothers had visited Gaius, and they had come and told Paul about his spiritual walk and how he walked in the truth and how he had not fallen prey to the deceivers in that region and how he stood firm for the truth of God. Now this, of course, rejoiced the heart of the Apostle John. And John tells us that knowing that his children were walking in the truth gives him the, the greatest joy he could imagine. And so in verse 4, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Now notice here how he speaks about his children. Now obviously Gaius is part of these children who walked in the truth. And so the reference to my children may indicate that John had a role in Gaius's life. Maybe Gaius came to the Lord through the work of John. Perhaps he had been discipled by John. He, he may have been younger than John. And, and in this sense, John speaks of him as his child. But what is sure is that John was pleased to hear that Gaius, his child, stood firm in the truth of the gospel. Now, next, we learn something about the ministry that Gaius has in verses 5 and 6, where we read the following. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Now it appears here that Gaius had a ministry to a particular group of people. Notice what John tells us about those to whom Gaius ministers. First, they were brothers. Verse 5, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers. So Gaius ministered to Christian brothers. Second, they were strangers. Verse 5 again, strangers as they are. Gaius did not know them. They were strangers to him and strangers to the community in which he lived. Three, Gaius loved them, even though they were strangers. Verse 6, these brothers, 
who testify to your love before the church. These brothers shared what the, what they saw in Gaius. And clearly, his love was being demonstrated in practical ways to them as strangers passing through this community. Four, Gaius sent them on their journey in a worthy manner. Verse six, you will do well to send them on their journey in a worthy manner of God. And so John commends Gaius for sending them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. And verse 7 tells us the kind of people that Gaius was entertaining. Verse 7 says this, For they have gone out for the sake of the name. These believers, these men that Gaius ministered to, were itinerant preachers, teachers, and evangelists who went from one community to another sharing Jesus Christ. And Gaius obviously offers them hospitality and generosity. And those who left him had been encouraged and supported in their work. He, Gaius, was like an oasis in the desert, offering them support and encouragement and blessing as they traveled from place to place. Fifth. Gaius likely offers them hospitality and support. Notice that John tells us that these traveling preachers accepted nothing from the Gentiles. They shared the gospel freely. They had no means of income. They chose to depend on the Lord and, the, and his moving through believers to support this ministry. And Gaius was one of those in whom the Lord moved to support their efforts. And so he likely offers hospitality and he sends them away with provisions for their journey. Now, Gaius did not go with them, but he stood behind their efforts and he made a difference. His was a support ministry. His calling was to bless those who went from town to town sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And those who passed through his home were blessed, encouraged, and strengthened. And Gaius was one of those who ministered to those who ministered. And John encourages Gaius in his ministry to these preachers. Therefore, he says in verse 8, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. And so John confirms Gaius in his role. And he reminds him by that by standing with these preachers, he participated with them in their ministry. He had a role to play in the expansion of the kingdom of God by his work behind the scenes. Now, God doesn't call everyone to be up front or in the front line. And for every person on the front line, there are many behind the scenes in ministry and support. And those who are faithful in those behind the scenes roles, according to John, will share in the reward. And Gaius was one of those behind the scenes people who made a difference. Now, as important as the ministry of Gaius was, it was not without its problems. He faced opposition in the form of a man by the name of Diotrephes. 
And in verses 9 and 10, we read this. John writing says this, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want, who want to and puts them out of the church. Notice what John has to say about this man, Diotrephes, who was in this region. Diotrephes first liked to put himself first. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first. Diotrephes was a proud man who resented any authority above his and rejected anyone or anything that took attention away from himself. Next, Diotrephes did not accept the authority of the apostles. Diotrephes, verse 9, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. Next, verse 10 tells us that Diotrephes actually slandered those who walked in the truth. So if I come, says John, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. Next, Diotrephes refused to welcome traveling preachers and teachers and evangelists. Verse 10, and not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers. He would have nothing to do with these traveling evangelists, teachers, and preachers. He would not welcome them in his church. Next, John tells us that Diotrephes opposed anyone who would welcome these teachers, preachers, and evangelists. Verse 10, and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Diotrephes literally fought against these traveling teachers, preachers, evangelists, and even the apostles. He felt so bitter towards them that he would put anyone out of the church who supported any of these travelers. He was a very bitter, slanderous, controlling individual who opposed anything and everything that got in his way. And of course, Gaius was not in Diotrephes' good books. He opposed Gaius and his ministry. And Diotrephes would not have welcomed Gaius into his church. He would have stirred up the people against him and against the ministry that Gaius had in that community. And you can imagine how discouraging that would have been for Gaius. Gaius encouraged pastors and evangelists and teachers, but he himself was in need of encouragement. And so John writes personally to him to bring him this encouragement. Notice what John tells Gaius in verse 11. Beloved, beloved, he says, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whatever does, what does good, whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil is not from God. And so John is telling Gaius here that Diotrephes 
was not a man of God. He opposed the work of the kingdom. He slandered true servants of God. He discouraged those who sought to advance the kingdom. And we can only imagine how encouraging it would have been for Gaius to receive this letter from John. In the midst of such opposition, here was this letter that came from the apostle himself to bring him encouragement and support in his time of need. John concludes this letter with a word about a man by the name of Demetrius. Verse 12, Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. John doesn't give us any details beyond this about Demetrius, except that he was a true believer who walked with the Lord. Some commentators feel that he may have been the one that delivers the letter to Gaius. Others believe that he was being slandered by Diotrephes, and John comes to his side to confirm his testimony. What we do know is that Gaius would find in this man, Demetrius, a true and genuine companion and be able to fellowship with him. And that, of course, would have been an encouragement for Gaius to meet the Demetrius and to spend time with him. But beyond this, John tells Gaius that he hoped to come and see him personally. I hope that he says in verse 14, to see you soon. And we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. Your friends greet you. Greet the friends each by name. And so John tells him that he wants to come and spend time with him as a, as a servant of God. And he tells him that he had friends at where John was at that point who, who were sending their greetings to him. And, and while opposed by the church and by Diotrephes, Gaius discovers that he's not alone. And John assures him that there were many who loved him, many who send their greetings, and John seeks to do his best to bring encouragement and support to this man Gaius in the ministry that God had given him to do. Now Gaius had an important ministry of support and encouragement to traveling preachers, evangelists, and teachers. But in that ministry, Gaius experienced great opposition. The atrophies opposed him in the efforts he had to support these traveling preachers. He was opposed by the local church because of Diotrephes. Likely, Diotrephes slandered Gaius in his work. But that opposition did not keep Gaius from doing what is right. The church is far from perfect, even in Gaius' day. There are those who, who use it to promote themselves and their ideas. There are churches and leaders who, who stand against the purpose of God. And these individuals create division and discouragement among the people of God. And if we're not sensitive to the Lord, the church can actually stand against his purpose. And sometimes the greatest opposition to the work of the kingdom is found in the church as it is in the case of Diotrephes and his church. And we have a picture here of the church standing against the purpose of God. And Gaius alone stands firm while the church refuses to stand with him. Pride, ambition, sin, traditions, and 
many other things stand in the way of God's purpose in the church. And the great work of God was taking place, not in the church of that region, but by those who had been put out of it. How sensitive we need to be. Lest, like Diotrephes, we hinder the work of the kingdom of God. And may our churches be those places where the Spirit of God is able to lead and to move and to empower and to use us as a team to build his kingdom for the glory of his name.